Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests. I'm going to carry on this week, and we're talking about the spirit of boldness. And we're finding some, some great examples in the Bible, uh, some great opportunities for people to be bold, great examples for people to get stirred up on the inside. And I hope you're being encouraged by this. And as we turn to Acts chapter 3 today, which is another favorite passage of Scripture of mine, we're going to find two guys, Peter and John. And they had something so bold on the inside of them that it changed a person's life forever. So here we are in Acts chapter 3 from verse 1. It says, now Peter and John, they went up together um, to the temple at the hour of prayer. And a certain man who had been lame from birth was carried, whom they laid every day at the gate of the temple to ask alms, to ask for money. He was a beggar of those who entered the temple. Who? He saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask them for money. And uh, fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive some money from them. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have at the moment, but what I do have, I give you. I love that expression, what I do have, I give you, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he pulled him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So, so he leapt around, he jumped, stood and he entered the temple walking, leaping and praising God. This guy was so excited. And all the people saw him praising God and they knew that it was he who'd been begging alms at the gate of the temple and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to the man. Now, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Why do you look so intently at us as though through our own power or our own godliness we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his son Jesus whom had been delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the Just One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you instead. And you killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we all tell. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, faith which comes through Jesus, has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Today, I want to speak to us about give what you've got. Give that which you have. You see, I believe God has given to us something on the inside. God has given us all a gift. God has given us all something that we need to be giving to other people. But so often because of intimidation, because of fear, because of anxiety, because of past experiences, we withhold ourselves from actually giving to other people that which God has given us. See, I believe everybody is a gift. Everybody's got something. Everybody is something. 
Perhaps I've got a skill that you haven't got, but then you've got a skill that I haven't got. Perhaps you've got an understanding that I don't have, but perhaps I've got an understanding that you don't have. You see, we're all different, but as we all come together as the body of Christ, the whole body can be built up and the whole body is strong. But individually, we all have something to give. In this situation here, it's a very powerful situation of healing. And of course, I love the subject of healing in the Bible. I've been healed so many times and I've seen God heal so many people. I can remember a time when I laid hands on a 14-year-old boy and he'd been blind in one eye. I don't know if it was from birth. I couldn't speak his language, but I could see a white eyeball. Um, I, I don't know if God gave him a brand new eyeball or healed that one. I don't know. But all I know is I laid hands on him and I prayed in the name of Jesus Christ and when I took my hand away, it appeared to me that he had a brand new eyeball. I don't know what God did. I don't really care what God did. But that boy was so excited. He was jumping. He was leaping. He was praising God, just like you read here in the Bible. I've seen so many people healed. I was at a conference once and I was in the second row. It was a healing day. It it had been a conference all week, five full days of teaching, like sort of six, seven, eight hours of teaching. And then they do like a healing school on the Saturday. And I can remember I was sitting with Sharon and we sat on the second row and they carried somebody in who um, obviously had the most horrific um, um, sickness, illness, disease, I don't know, um, but their whole body was was like contorted and all their hands were screwed up. They couldn't... They had to be held up, they had to be carried in um, and she, um, she was put on the seat just in front of me. Sharon and I were there. This was probably, I don't know, the early 90s and, and um, <laughs> this is just so stirring for me because I can remember it like it was just yesterday and, and we heard um, about the power of God for a couple of hours and, you know, the person teaching, they taught the word of God about healing and at the end they said, now if you need healing, stand to your feet and this girl, I don't know how old she was, she was probably in her 20s and she struggled to her feet and then as the word was preached and as, and as the person on the platform prayed in the name of Jesus, it's as if she just came undone. It's as if God, well, it's not as if God set her free that day completely. We found out afterwards she had also been quite um, anorexic and she went out and for the first time in many years she, she was hungry and she wanted to eat and to feed herself and to keep herself well and, um, and, and it was just incredible to see strength come back into her body and it's as if God just opened her up and she was instantly healed by the power of God. I've seen so many people set free. I've seen people with one leg shorter than the other and a leg grow out. I've seen God heal people in the most most amazing way because our God is a healer and I want to stir something today for the power of healing as we go through this book um, this example here um, here in Acts chapter 3 I know it's about healing and I'm not just going to apply it to healing but this is the heart of God for our physical healing the Bible says the man wasn't even really expecting healing but God gave it to him anyway why because our God is a good God he's a healing God and on the cross Jesus Christ Christ died for the sin of the world and he died for the sickness of the world. The Bible says by his stripes we were 
healed. You see, God even sees it in the past tense. He didn't say you might be healed or you can be healed. He says, I dealt with this on the cross. And today, friend, if you've said yes to Jesus Christ, you have an inheritance of healing. You have an inheritance of health. The name of Jesus Christ is a name of healing. God's word is a word of healing. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them all. His spirit is a spirit of healing. The Bible says that the anointing of God destroys every yoke and removes every burden. You see, there is power in the name of Jesus Christ to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to open the eyes of the blind, to open the ears of the deaf. God is a healing God and it is part of the salvation package. You can be healed, you can be forgiven, you can be renewed, you can be redeemed, you can be set free. God can destroy addictions off of your life and he can set you free from whatever it is that has held you back. And I get so excited with this passage. Um, you know, today as we talk about the spirit of boldness. I want to be bold and be praying for the sick today. I want to be bold and in the name of Jesus Christ see people healed and set free even while we're doing this online. You see Peter and John they had something to give and they knew how to do it and today I want to just go through four things that are keys about being on fire, about being confident, about being bold to give what God has given you to give. The first point I want to make today is this. Head in the right direction. I don't think it was any coincidence they were heading up to the temple at the time of prayer. You see, things happen for a reason. I'm not saying everything that happens, you know, is God's plan. But here they were, they were going up to the temple. Notice they were going up. They weren't going down. They weren't avoiding. I can remember as about a 13-year-old, I used to tell my parents I was going to church. I got on my bike and I went off to a friend's house and I'd stay there for an hour and I'd come back and my dad thought I'd gone to church until I got caught out. I got caught. He found out because he thought, I'm not going to church. He started to ask me, what did the preacher say? What did the, you know, the priest say today? And I used to make something up. It's all coming out today, very transparent. But you know what? Um, there is no point trying to avoid the place that has the answers. I absolutely believe that God wants the church to gather at this time. I know we've been gathering online, but I believe God wants us to gather for prayer. I believe God wants us to gather for Sundays. I believe God wants us to gather for small groups. We're going to do everything right. We're going to do everything well. We're going to do everything according to government guidelines and the COVID situation that we have. But I absolutely believe there is a power on the church gathering together in Jesus' name. And here there was Peter and John. They were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. You see, they knew where the priority was. They knew it was time to pray. They knew that prayer was the priority. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. Everything else will be given to you. Everything else will be added to you. All the stuff the Gentiles are, are clambering for, God's just going to give you if you seek first the kingdom of God. You see, there's great harvest for people who put God first in their lives. There's great harvest. There's great abundance there's great joy, there's great finances, there's great healing, there's great job opportunities for people who put God first in their lives and are led by the power of the Holy Spirit and hear the, and hear the voice of God on the inside. So I want to encourage us today, there is no coincidence. This happened as they were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. Even though church may be different at this time, it's been very different for the last six months, it's still the church. 
we are still together. We've been online. We've been gathering our faith together. We've been praising God in our lounges. That's not a time to just turn it into entertainment, even though it's been six months in front of a TV screen. Come on, it's time to stand up and jump and shout. It's not a time to just be in your pajamas. It's a time to come on. We're gathering as the church of Jesus Christ to praise the name which is above every name. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So come on, every opportunity we have, whether it's online or whether we're able to come back together physically let's go up to the temple let's arise and let's go up in our attitude let's go up in our expression let's go up in our experience to the temple of God which is the body of Christ church may be different but it's still the church I believe we need to prepare our heart whether it's for a Sunday or a small group or a, a prayer time or just for the day that we're entering. We need to prepare our heart. We need to get our heart in the right place. See, Peter and John were going up to pray. They were focused. Their faces were set as a flint. They were expecting to hear from God. They were doing the right thing at the right time. No wonder they had an opportunity for God to show himself strong on their behalf. Friend, I want to encourage you today, whoever you are, perhaps you've never been in church in your life. Perhaps you've only just started to watch this program or, or some other church online. Friend, I want to encourage you. God, God's plan is the church of Jesus Christ for people to gather together and to experience his glory, to experience his presence, for us to rejoice together, to pray together, to have faith together, to express our love for one another and for people um, who aren't in the church. You know what? God wants us to shine, and the more we gather together, the more we're going to shine. Come on, let's prioritize the kingdom of God. Let's spend time to build the church. Jesus said, I will build the church, but we work with him. We do everything we can to see the church established and enlarged in our generation. So the first thing, if we're going to see God move in, in this sort of a way, come on, let's prioritize the church of Jesus Christ. As we go through Acts chapter 3 today, the second thing is this, know what you have to give. Know what you have to give. You see, we may not have this and we may not have that, but we know what we do have. <clears throat> and here, it says, Peter and John said, we don't have silver and we don't have gold. Now, you know, just a couple of chapters later, they did have. So let's not make a doctrine out of that. But at that point, they were going up to church to pray. We don't have this and we don't have that, but we know what we do have. We know what we do have to give. There are so many people who are hung up about the things they don't have. Yeah, but I don't have this. Yeah, but I didn't have that opportunity. Yeah, but I was born in the wrong place. Yeah, but I was born of the wrong parents. Yeah, but I, was, I, I haven't got an education. Yeah, but I haven't had the opportunities that other people have had. Yeah, but, but I don't have the finance to do it right now. I haven't got the experience. I've never tried it before. I don't have this and I don't have that. And I don't. Some people are just, I don't have type of people. Have you ever met them? Oh no, I can't do that. I've never done this or I, or I don't have that or I've not had this opportunity. Friend, I want to encourage you to just put all that aside and say, listen, I may not have that lot, but I know what I do have. I know what I do have. I believe God has put on the inside of each of, each of us a seed that he wants to bear fruit from. The Bible says that we bear great fruit. Great fruit that's going to remain. Abundant fruit. There's something on the inside of you, my friend, whether you've discovered it or not, 
You've got something that other people need. You've got something on the inside of you. We're blessed to be a blessing. And that's not just talking about helping somebody out with five quid. It's talking about, come on, who are you on the inside? Because who you are is meant to be a blessing in the lives of other people. You see, Peter and John, they knew what they had to give. They may not have had silver or gold, but they knew what they had to give. And as we're talking about a spirit of boldness, a spirit of confidence, you know what? As we hear from God and as we discover our purpose, we've got it around the walls here, you know, to know God, to find freedom, to discover your purpose. As we discover our purpose in life, as we hear from God, as we, as we understand how God's made us to be the gifts and the skills that he's put on the inside of us, it puts a confidence in there. And I'm not overly interested in self-confidence, but I'm very interested in, in a God confidence. As I know who I am in God and what God's put on the inside of me, it puts a confidence on the inside of me, not of who I am, but who God is on the inside of me and what he's given for me to do. If it's a gift from God, I can be bold with that gift. If it's a gift from God, I can be confident with that gift. Why? Because it's anointed. It's got the power of God on it. It's got God there to back it up because it's a gift of God. Let's know what it is that we have to give to other people. The third thing that we need to understand today before we get into, you know, the sort of finale really and the powerful stuff at the end is this. I just want to say this, to go for it to go for it. I love Peter and John, especially Peter. He was the sort of the bold one, the confident one. It says they took him by the hand. They lifted up this lame man. They picked him up. I don't know if you've ever seen that sort of thing happening in a healing meeting, healing crusades, when people are bold and confident and they'll sort of get hold of somebody and they'll say, come on, stretch forth your hand or do what you haven't done before. See, I believe in the God of power. I believe in the God for whom all things are possible. And here there was a boldness and a confidence with Peter and John and they got hold of this guy. They said, that which we have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they picked him up and they pulled him up on his feet. And he says, as they picked him up, immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. See, I believe God has ordained us, God has anointed us to lift other people up. That can be to, to perhaps get hold of somebody in their emotions and lift them up out of depression and out of a dark place. Perhaps it's a place physically like this. Perhaps it's a place financially. God wants us to lift somebody else up financially. God wants us to perhaps help somebody come into a place of joy or into a place of, of, of prosperity in some area of their life. See, I believe all of us can lift other people up. God has anointed you to lift somebody else up. But you know what we need to do? We need to go for it. We need to stretch forth our hand and say, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to lift somebody else up. It could be that you need to give them perhaps some time and be a little bit more patient to hear their story. Perhaps it's that we need to spend some time in prayer. Perhaps it's we need to get in our car and go and see the person or spend time on a phone call. Perhaps it's, it's time that we need to spend some time with that person in a Bible study to help them understand something. But God is adamant about this. God says, come on, lift somebody else up. There's the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to lift somebody else up. And the anointing of God on the inside of us, the power of the Holy Spirit can lift other 
people up into a place of wholeness, into a place of peace, into a place of joy. I don't know about you, but I've been someone who's been helped to be raised up before by other people. Other people have strengthened me. Other people have encouraged me. It's so good to be raised up by somebody, but I've also had time and time opportunities to raise up other people. I'm not talk, you know, just talking about into a place of function in the church or into a place of pastoring a church. I'm talking about just in their own life to lift somebody up out of the muck and the mire. Oh, but I know God does that. Yeah, but he uses people. He wants you and I to lift people up. We have opportunities every day to lift somebody up. But today, friend, I want to say, come on with a spirit of boldness. Why don't you go for it? Don't shrink back. Don't hold back and think, oh, well, I'm just going to pray for somebody from afar. No, come on, friend. Reach out your hand. Lift somebody up. It could be a physical healing like this. It could be something emotional. It could be some encouragement. It could be financial. It could be just being a friend to somebody. But friend, God wants you to lift somebody else up over the course of this week. As we start to close today, point four in this great passage of Scripture is from the end of the passage where everybody was seeing Peter and John as like, wow, these guys must be really special. But Peter and John, or Peter says this, he says, it wasn't me, it's my, it isn't our own holiness, it's not the fact that we're apostles. You know what it is? It was faith in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's my fourth point here today is this. As we know what we've got to give somebody, you know what we can give? We can give faith in the name of Jesus Christ. It says faith in the name of faith which comes through him has given this man the perfect soundness that he now has. It was faith in the name of Jesus Christ. And friend, if there's something that I really want to do today with all the passion and with all the energy and the faith on the inside of me is this, is to encourage you to have faith in the name of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus is the name above every name. The name of Jesus is the name of healing. The name of Jesus is the name of power. As you speak that name, you're declaring all of God's word. You're declaring God's power. You're declaring God's goodness. You're declaring God's love. In the name of Jesus Christ is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord your provider. Jehovah the Lord your banner. He is the Lord who is present. He is the Lord your healer. He's the captain of the host. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the balm of Gilead. He's almighty God. He's everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. He's the most high God. He's the all-sufficient one. He's the one who will take sickness right out from your experience. I believe in the name of Jesus Christ and the power that there is in that name. Friend, today I've preached from Acts chapter 3 about that which we have, I, I give. Peter and John said, that which I have, I give. And today, friend, I'm going to believe God for healing in your body. It's the first time we've sort of done this over the last few months and, and I believe God heals and I know there's been all sorts of testimonies going on. But today, here online, we want to be praying for God to show Himself strong by healing the sick. If you're sick today in your body, you've got some pain in your body or you're sick or you're battling a disease or a sickness, I want you to stand to your feet right now 
wherever you are in your lounge, your bedroom, if you're not able to, that's absolutely fine. But if you have the opportunity right now, we're going to pray together. In fact, I'm going to ask the whole church to pray right now. Let's all stand to our feet and we're going to agree in the name of Jesus Christ for God to show himself strong and for God to release his power right now to see the sick healed in Jesus' name. Can I encourage you today, friend? There isn't anything too hard for our God. The Bible gives so many great examples from how he raised the dead through to somebody who had a crippled hand and he stretched it forth and it became absolutely whole. The Bible says he will make you whole, spirit, soul and body. The Bible says lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The Bible says that he is the Lord our healer and by his stripes you were healed. So I want you to join together with me in prayer right now as we pray for the sick. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you that on the cross, Jesus Christ took all sickness and all disease. So right now in the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority over every infirmity, every sickness. I take authority over COVID-19 coronavirus. I take authority in Jesus' name over blindness and deafness. I take authority in Jesus' name over disorders of the blood. I take authority in Jesus' name over organs that aren't functioning correctly. In Jesus' name, I declare shalom. Be made whole in Jesus' name. We speak into bones. We speak into marrow. We speak into blood. We speak into joints. We speak into tendons. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority over every sickness and disease. And Father, we thank you today that in Jesus' name, that which we have, we give. Be made whole in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and amen. Come on, let's praise him right now because I believe God has started a work of healing in your life. I know for some people, you've probably been healed instantly. For other people, perhaps it's going to be a work. But come on, let's praise him right now for his restoring health into people's lives. The Bible says we have an inheritance of health. The Bible says we have a blood covenant of health. If you've said yes to Jesus Christ, come on, why didn't you celebrate your healing right now? Father, we thank you. Lord, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Lord, from the top of our head to the soles of our feet, we receive healing in Jesus' name. Just like this man in Acts chapter 3, immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And Father God, I declare health, I declare wholeness, and we believe it and we receive it in Jesus' name. Father, we give you the praise and the glory. You are our healer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You know what? We want to hear from you for that which God has done in your life. Um, you know, if you can do something that you couldn't do before, perhaps pain has left your back. Um, there could be all sorts of things, but come on. I want to encourage you to show yourself to your doctors. Do all of that. Absolutely. God's work can stand up to scrutiny. But today, friend, I want to ask you, have you ever made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? See, God is a powerful God. We've seen it from Acts chapter 3. But the greatest power that can ever be released is the power of the new birth. You see, Jesus Christ said you must be born again. It means you've got to have a brand new start. You see, the Bible says if you, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart that He's died on the cross and was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. Friend, God wants you in His family. 
He wants you to know his love. He wants you to know his peace. He wants you to know his um, joy and to experience everlasting life. But God's not just a God who just wants to do things for you. He wants to be your heavenly father. Why? He wants you to be his child. The Bible says we can call him our heavenly father. The Bible says those who receive Jesus Christ as Lord, he gives them the power to become the children of God. And friend, I want to pray a prayer now and we're going to pray it line by line and perhaps you have made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life in you know perhaps some time ago and then you've sort of gone off and done your own thing friend please come back to God today come back to the love of God the Bible says he's not going to judge you he's not going to throw stones at you he's not going to judge you in any way he's going to receive you into his family God is a God of love and compassion he can take away the shame he can take away the guilt he can set you free from the addiction but but you need to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Perhaps there's somebody online now and perhaps you're part of another faith. Well, that's fine. We're not going to start saying about this faith and that faith. But what I will say is Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth and the only life. He's the only way to the Father. And to spend time together with Almighty God for eternity, you must receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. Perhaps you've never said yes to Jesus Christ. Perhaps you've never thought there even is a God out there. But friend, today, perhaps something's stirring on the inside that's saying, you know what, there's a God who loves you and who loves you so very, very much. And I'm going to pray now, line by line, and I'm going to encourage you to pray the prayer out loud at the same time that I pray it, line after line, just after me. Let's pray together, shall we? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you've demonstrated your love through sending your son Jesus Christ to die on a cross to give me life thank you Jesus for dying for me for paying the price for all of my sin I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you I receive you as my Lord my Savior and my friend and by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. I thank you, Father, for eternal life. Amen. Friend, if you've prayed that prayer today, I believe you're now a Christian. You've come into the family of God. There's going to be other steps. We'd encourage you to get a Bible and, and to be involved in a church you know, close by you. But, but friend, I want to encourage everybody online today to be bold to have a spirit of boldness, to live life that which I have, I give, to live life outside of your comfort zone. Come on, there's going to be opportunities every day this week to help make somebody else's life great, to help turn around the experience of somebody else. Let's do everything we can to shine the love and the power of God in this world. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.